Now a trickling puck comes out. Suzuki working in. Right side. Saved by Leonard. Rebound. Another stop Leonard. Puck into the slot. Toffoli shoots. Stopped by Robin Leonard. And the rebound goes wide. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. And live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Bowen Patrick comes in. Drops it off. Out and shoots. He scores! The former Ranger. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out here at T-Mobile Arena. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215 home of the one hour show today at the vgk insider show from t-mobile arena as we make way for the pregame show with ryan wallace the golden knights and the boston bruins embarking on a contest that will start just after six o'clock so if you're listening to the show right now and you're like i'm going to the game wait six yeah, 6 o'clock, so make sure that you're turning that car towards the strip right now and getting down here, or just uh, plain old uh, listening to the game, uh, following it uh, one hour ahead of uh, normal due to some national television uh, requirements. ESPN has the call tonight with Steve Levy, hmm. Mark Messier, hmm. and Chris Chelios in the broadcast booth. I don't know how much uh, booth work that Messier and Chelios have done, but uh, that's a, a very experienced crew. Uh, we will uh, watch with great interest as the Boston Bruins come in here, having turned their season around and survived a couple of little blips or distractions uh, along the way and are one of those somewhat surprising teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, how successful that they've been. And they're not home and cooled yet by 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 any means and still have aspirations to climb a little bit higher in the standings. But uh, they have uh, had an interesting road this year, and we know what the Golden Knights are up against. Uh, having won against San Jose the other night, trying to put consecutive uh, games together uh, that uh, produce a, a positive result. And after this, you've got uh, somebody like uh, Ottawa and uh, Philadelphia. Like there's, there's, there's a good road if you can put this one in the bank. If... If Vegas loses this game, it's mm-hmm. more of the same, like good, bad, hot, cold. But if you can somehow replicate what Vegas did in Boston yeah. earlier this season yeah. and play that type of game and win the game, then you've got the starting of of a streak that I think three games puts you into that, uh, that area of, of getting some swagger back. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that this is an important one for the Golden Knights because you, you get yourself going against Colorado, but you don't get the result. Then you follow that up with a really strong game against San Jose. And I think if you can really start to dial things in, I, I'm, I'm really happy with where the Golden Knights' defensive game is. Uh, I want to see a little bit more offensively. I don't think that, that that's anything that should come as a surprise to anybody Uh, but I do think against the Boston Bruins a a team in which the Golden Knights were able to put four on the board against in Boston uh, and that led to a very successful road trip for the Golden Knights earlier on in the season Um, I look at the Boston Bruins in kind of the same way that I look at the the Colorado Avalanche and, and the way the Golden Knights show up for these games against pinnacle teams in the league I think that you're going to see another inspired effort from Vegas tonight strange but I almost think that Vegas should treat this game as a road game. 
simplify it, take advantage of uh, whatever chances that you can generate, and then lock it down. That's what they did against the Bruins mm -hmm. yeah. at TD Garden. And Boston's offensive players have really come to the fore in the, in the last little bit. Uh, they had a, a, a stretch without Brad Marchand, mm -hmm. and they were just fine without it. They've uh, changed their look up front uh, a touch. The perfection line is not co fully complete right mm -hmm. now as Pasternak's been moved off that line. Uh, so there's there's that with Bergeron and Marchand, and uh, Jake DeBrusque is now on the wing on that top line. Taylor Hall and Pasternak are two wingers on the second line, and they can flat out fly. Yeah. They have a couple of veterans that are still working their way into the, the fray in, in Foligno, uh, being one of them, uh, a high-profile free agent signing in the offseason. He's playing on the fourth line right now. So they, they, they've moved things around. A team that was very much led by one line and carried by one line have, have spread around the wealth right now and can beat you in a couple of different areas. So uh, this is going to be a challenge defensively to keep the puck out of their end, to keep the puck out of their net, and simplifying their game tonight might be the best course of action against the Boston Bruins club that is uh, is making some noise in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I, I would argue that simplifying the game at home is really kind of where the Golden Knights should be leaning most nights anyway, not just against the Boston Bruins, but uh, when you look at the Golden Knights' road record and you look at how well they've been able to play on the road, how, how many points they've been able to pick up there, and then, you know, kind of, maybe trying to or falling into the trap trying to do too much or uh, whatever the case may be I, I think that this team could could certainly use the the simplified route win playing at home just until you start to build more of that confidence in getting wins here yeah i didn't i didn't see a simple approach against san jose i, I saw a well-rounded mm -hmm. game by, by the vegas golden knights and they certainly uh, were responsible defensively uh, i don't think or anticipate that you'll get as many odd man rushes as, as they got against San Jose. And that was an area that Bob Bugner, uh, after the game, was so disappointed in his mm -hmm. group. He said, we, we talked about it over and over. If you give out the puck, uh, they're going to blow the zone, and they're going to be gone. And we talked about it after the first period, and we talked about it after the second period. Uh, and it still didn't get through to our group uh, how uh, much the, the Golden Knights were effective on the counterattack. I don't see that happening against a Boston Bruins team that's uh, uh, more veteran-laden and uh, certainly has experience in these types of situations. And so that also goes uh, being a, a little bit simpler. And I love the fact that Robin Leonard got into a game the other day, uh -huh. and this isn't his, his first game back. It creates a, a, just takes away that mystery uh, and that unknown about how the body's going to feel and uh, just shaking off some of the rust. There was a couple of handoffs that uh, weren't exactly uh, crisp uh, because of – you could stop all the shots you want, but the, those little game situations of stopping a puck behind the net and making the right read and making the right play uh, will, will, will cause you uh, some disruptions at time. Yeah, the fact that he's had uh, one cycle through uh, three periods uh, before this what could be a, a really difficult game – uh, I think also helps out the Vegas Golden Knights' confidence. Yeah, I, I would argue that, that that's the case. Robin Leonard getting himself into the game against San Jose and, and really the, the effort from the Golden Knights in front of him and making that perhaps one of the easier starts of the year 
for Robin Leonard it's just in terms of, of the types of shots that he faced, how many uh, grade A or, or lack thereof grade A looks that the San Jose Sharks had, I think eases Robin back in uh, because you know that there's going to be more. Like Even if the Golden Knights defend incredibly well in this game, uh, when you look at the Boston Bruins and you, you kind of mention some of that balance and depth that they have, this is a team that's going to be able to create some some dangerous chances, some dangerous looks, and you're going to need Robin Leonard dialed in uh, when he plays tonight. There's there's certain games where you go, it could be a swing game. It could it could derail things a little bit, or it could send you right screaming towards the clouds and, and, and taking off. I don't get the feeling about that with this game in the sense of if Vegas doesn't get the result, it just falls into the malaise if you want to use that word or the inconsistency of, of the last little bit with the wins and losses but a win a win does far more good for this club than a loss does negatively like the opportunity to beat the boston bruins and capitalize on the victory uh, over the san jose sharks the other night going into a back-to-back -back scenario uh, against the anaheim ducks tomorrow like it's there's a carrot there right now to establish that long-needed, awaited run uh, in and around T-Mobile and in this back third of the season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, I mean, I think that this one's an important game for the Golden Knights, and and I'm I don't feel like it's going to derail things if Vegas loses, but I no, do no. think I do think that it it you don't feel as good as you do about how you've played over the last couple of games if you're not able to string together a win or two in this situation. So for me, like, I, I absolutely think that the Golden Knights can really jumpstart something with a win here against the Boston Bruins. I think it goes a long way to, to you know, maybe solidifying what we believe this team to be. Mm. And I think it's something that, that – allows them to go on a bit of a run like I, I but but my argument is that it wouldn't necessarily be this game or the last game I, I still think that it's that Colorado game I, I think the way that they played against Colorado without getting the result that was the moment where I looked at the Golden Knights and said a run is coming and, and that to me was the game was the swing game in all of this yeah Darren Elliott made that uh, point that you kind of coming out of it you, you don't get it but you can see real positive signs to it yeah still need some some swagger with this team. They, uh, do you not get the feeling that they're with Stone and Pacioretty and Patrick and Janmark and Martinez all still out? Mm -hmm. You're you're just trying to keep your head above water as, as much as as possible right now, and and you can't grasp onto that really big like we are the team that we thought we were, and we can beat anybody on any given night. Uh, play on the moon. Uh, the dark side of the moon or uh, in London, England, will we'll win this game. Uh -huh. That's still not there yet. And a win off of Colorado being good, San Jose the victory, a victory tonight, tomorrow, you put together three wins in a row, that gives you a, a bit more of that confidence and, and real uh, look and feel around the Vegas Golden Knights that we're used to. Yeah, I, I don't know that... I don't know that until this team gets some of those players back into the lineup that that even if they go on a run, there's going to be that swagger. Or really? Confidence. I, I don't. I when you're when you're missing Mark Stone and Max Pacioretty, like it, it's easy. I think in those moments 
if you're down in a game going into the third I, I period. Thought, I thought they had it earlier this season I, with, when, when the lineup was uh, was certainly fluid. I, and they went on a, a couple of uh, runs where, yeah, wow, this, this team's going. Like, in fact, right through that road trip uh, through Boston and, and so forth, the, where, where they had it. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know that I agree. I, I think that they, they did what they needed to do in order to pick up games, but I, I don't know that there were overly dominant stretches. I think that they were they were finding two points, which is something good teams do, which is something that you needed to do in that context. But as far as kind of that air, in, air of inevitability like they had last year, I don't know that that comes back until you have a lineup that's closer to what you expected. I don't know that that comes back without Mark Stone getting back into the lineup. There's a there's a period where it just didn't matter who they put in. They were getting results. And whether it was Ron Bjerger, Mir mm-hmm. Manov, yep. or uh, 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 who am I thinking of? Paul Cotter. Paul Cotter. Uh, yeah. In the lineup. Ben Jones in the lineup. Uh, the likes. They, whoever they put in. Uh, was was giving them enough minutes, and then the team would would win the game. I mm-hmm. I just felt like there was that maybe not uh, natural uh, confidence that we've seen when this team's rolling hard, but the the confidence that they could win and and compete and be able to pull out the uh, the victories, even with a a, a lineup that's been plugged uh, a, a couple of different places with with big guys out. I think you can still you can still have that sort of uh, that sort of confidence uh, with you tonight. That tonight beating a really good Boston team gives you that opportunity. San Jose is expected. Like if if you lose to San Jose, quite honestly, yeah, that's that's a bad sign. Sure. So you get through that. Tonight is the big opportunity in this stretch. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't disagree with that. I, again, I, I look at the Boston Bruins as one of those teams where um, you, you find a way to win this one. You you get the result that you're looking for. You play well in the process. Uh, it, it, can, it can certainly continue to move the Golden Knights in the right direction. I, I still maintain that this team is moving in the right direction. I still maintain that, that you know, once you get more confidence built and more uh, chemistry built with Evgeny Dodonov, Jack Eichel, and Chandler Stevenson. That that the goal scoring is going to take care of itself, and and I'm way more interested right now in how the Golden Knights are defending than what they're doing offensively. I know the offense needs to come. I expect that it will, uh, but the defense for me this year has been the biggest area that the Golden Knights can improve upon. And when they've been dialed in, they've turned those games. They've given that belief that they can win on any given night big part about tonight is also the out-of-town scoreboard. Calgary plays, Edmonton plays, Mm -hmm. and you've got one team right behind you in the Oilers, a point back. Uh, They occupy uh, uh, a position that's outside the playoffs right now uh, based on a tiebreaker scenario. Mm -hmm. And Calgary is is six points uh, ahead of you uh, for first place. This is huge. And and it's almost like match playing golf where you have to – just assume that your opponent's going to make a great shot or make that 30-foot putt, and you're going to have to make yours. At The way that the Oilers have turned around their season and the heater that Calgary is on, you have to assume that they're going to keep winning, and you have to, at the very least, win to keep pace. Yeah. And that's, that's a subplot to tonight's game is where it can push Vegas. It, it, it's unfathomable that with this team and the expectations going into this year uh, that you could be uh, in, in early March and outside of playoff position. 
but that's the situation they're in, due in large part to to injuries. Tonight, just trying to avoid that situation and that narrative, I'm not sure it's motivation for the players, but it's certainly there as a as a cloud that that floats around us right now. I think the the main thing with you know any team that's that's in this position where you have a job to do, right? You can only worry about what is going on within your team, within your room. What does that mean? You can only win the games that you can play. And for the Golden Knights, like, you, you just got to go out there and start winning hockey games. And I think that's kind of the main thing is you can control your own destiny by doing what you need to do and taking care of business. We talked about Calgary and with all the games in hand. Well, games in hand don't mean anything unless you win them. They won them, and that's why the Calgary Flames are where they're at to, at the top of the Pacific Division. Now for the Golden Knights, it's kind of the same mentality that you can look at the standings all you want to, but the fact of the matter is you've got to win your own games. They could also be in second place in the Pacific Division. They could be. With the victory tonight yeah. because of uh, what L.A. did last night sure. against the Dallas Stars. So I'm, I'm watching that game last night, mm -hmm. and the L.A. Kings uh, have, a, have a good start. And then Dallas, they actually almost had a four-man lead. And Kaliev had an open net on the side of the goal, and he just slid it wide for, yeah. a, for a hat trick. And then Dallas starts making some noise. And I had to think, stop, and get out the, the, the phone with the, with the NHL app <laughs> and check the standings. Okay. Because my natural instinct is rooting for Dallas. Okay. Because, because L.A. Is, is right ahead of the, the Vegas Golden Knights in the yeah. Pacific Division. Yeah. But Dallas has been so hot and cold that you never really know where they are right now. They're, they're floating around, and you look. It's like a balloon uh, mm -hmm. in, in, the, in the sky, and the kid lets it go, and you look up. Oh, there it is. And then you look down to get your keys uh, and, and letting yourself in the car, and you look over, and it's way over there. Because uh, Dallas is just meandering around. Huh. So I had to look at the standings and go, okay, who, who am I cheering for? last night <laughs> and and what i came to the conclusion of yeah just please don't go to overtime okay now that that's yeah. where we are because dallas is back into a playoff spot <laughs> la is right ahead of, of of vegas it's jammed up right now yeah it sure is um you know and again i i that's an interesting concept to to be watching these games and and the the point on dallas is such a funny one and an interesting one because that's essentially been what they've been over the last two seasons it's just this yeah. team that meanders and goes on a big run and then they can't win a game to save their lives they're they're win one lose one win one lose one for a stretch and you just have a hard time reading what that team is uh but the log jam it, it extends beyond just the the one through four in the Pacific Division. I mean, there's some Central Division teams that are there and pushing for those wild card spots. And for the Golden Knights, you have to keep an eye on not just the Pacific Division, but the, the middle of the Central, too. So Nashville is knocking on the door of a playoff spot. Minnesota's fallen back. Yeah. Uh, so there's some, that's really become uh, a battle between Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, Edmonton, Anaheim uh, for the, for the, final playoff spot the the wild card yeah but vegas is there too and so is la so you you, you basically have one two three four five six seven teams mm -hmm. and three of them are gonna miss and edmonton i'm here for the race yeah it's it's like it, it hasn't happened here well, you know play, I mean? like a like a, a, a race to make the playoffs like a legitimate race to make the playoffs mm -hmm. and and you know it, there's something to be said 
about the type of hockey that you have to play down the stretch in order to secure a spot. There's something to be said about the ability to peak when you're when you're playing meaningful hockey down the stretch. I, I'm excited for it. I can't wait for it. Uh, and I still think that the Pacific Division will have equal representation to the Central. Hmm. They're outnumbered right hmm. now. Yeah. But I, I can't see Edmonton missing, quite honestly. Oh, I just, come on. I just can't. That's ultimate and chaos. Like, I, I'm, I'm here for it. Uh, I'm here Vegas, for it. Vegas, I'm, I've, I've put in. Uh, they're there. I've been overly impressed by what L.A.'s done. Mm-hmm. And I think Anaheim's the team on the uh, on on the outside. No, tomorrow's a just a it's a massive game, mountain of a game. Yeah, uh, for both Vegas and Anaheim, mm-hmm. and it's it's hard to to think that you'd look past the Boston Bruins game towards that one. But it's 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 that big. And if if Vegas wasn't in the predicament where they are right now, where uh, they're scratching and clawing for every point, uh, that would be somewhat uh, of a of a conversation. But that game tomorrow night, uh, the implications of that game uh, are, are, are enormous. Uh, but uh, tonight, like, I'll throw this out. Who's having a better season, Boston or Vegas? I mean, the, the Boston Bruins have four more points than the Vegas Golden yeah. Knights in essentially the, the, the same amount of games. And but I the think, eye test, the gut test, you go Boston's having a better season. Well, I mean, I, I think that a lot of people would, would come through with that because I, I think there was – natural regression that everyone was expecting with the Boston Bruins and they've just kind of been better than expected, better than advertised. I think that that has a lot to do with expectations going into the season. Like as as much as we trust in the Boston Bruins ability to win hockey games and get to the playoffs, I don't think anybody really looked at the Boston Bruins going into this season knowing that Tuka Rask was going to be on the shelf for a while. Questions about what their goaltending was really going to look like. Some of the changes that they made up front I don't think anybody came into the season thinking that the Boston Bruins were legitimate Stanley Cup contenders. Mm-hmm. I really don't. But, you know, when you look at the Golden Knights, and this is a team that has cup aspirations, made it to the Final Four the last two seasons. Then in the, in the middle of the year, you add Jack Eichel. I think the expectations weigh heavily into how we view this Golden Knights team versus the Boston Bruins team. So can you take away expectations and try and analyze it? No, I don't think you can. I mean, like, the... In a sense, yeah, you can't. Like, I can objectively take away expectations and say that the Boston Bruins right now are having a better season than the Golden Knights. The the Bruins, to me, have been slightly more consistent than Vegas has been. Consistent. And, and, I mean, but, you know, again, you you then put in the extra factor of, well, the Golden Knights have 20 to $30 million out of the lineup every single night. So how are you going to be consistent with that? Uh, Boston is going to make the playoffs. They have an 11-point lead. Not home and cooled, but they have, they have an 11-point lead. Columbus is the, is the closest rival. Come stop and, the Columbus and, stuff. And Vegas is trying to hold off a pack. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's one of those uh, strange situations. And for all the talk about the Pacific Division coming into this year and being the, the worst division and um, least competitive, it's, it's, been a good, it's been a redemption season for the Pacific Division. And having this opportunity to have four teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs and, and not just defaulting to the central and, and, and their five. Uh, I think that you've seen a different side and the play of the, the California teams and Los Angeles and, and, and uh, Anaheim have certainly played a major role in that mm-hmm. uh, this year, but also the Calgary Flames rising to the top and, and being uh, uh, now 
uh, in the driver's seat of the Pacific Division. Uh, there's some there's some work uh, coming out. This isn't the the middle square of the bingo card. Just put Vegas yeah. into the third round of the Stanley Cup playoffs right now. Uh, the fight down the stretch is going to be uh, very interesting to see how Vegas responds, how Vegas pivots mm-hmm. at the trade deadline if the injuries uh, continue or they don't get the players back uh, in the lineup, what can you do to fill those spots uh, with those players? And the health, the, just the general health. Uh, the the next uh, uh, 28 games are, are going to be a wild ride with so many different elements uh, to this team uh, to keep an eye on. You know, it... <laughs> It is an interesting thought on the Pacific Division. You, you look at the standings right now. You've got Nashville, Dallas as 1-2 on the wild card, and you've got Edmonton and Anaheim right behind them. And, you know, I, I don't know that I can talk myself into it being a 5-3 split for the Pacific Division. But then again, I don't think that I can't mm-hmm. either because I don't trust the Nashville Predators and I don't trust the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Uh, I think that would be a, a major shock. It would be fun. Like, I, I'm, I'm not sure where I fall on this is what I'm trying to say because it would be really funny for the Oilers to miss the playoffs. It really would be. That said, I'm not sure if it's more chaotic to have the Oilers miss the playoffs or to have it be a 5-3 split for the Pacific Division in the playoffs. Do you not need the Oilers to make the playoffs? I don't need the Oilers to make the playoffs. They're not going to do anything when they get there anyway. I just I want to see Connor McDavid playing in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Then get a goalie. That's that's what make I, a trade, get a goalie, I, build a better team. No, just from a from a I, growing the game. No, point I mean of view, I, the, I get it. It, it doesn't it doesn't help your game at all. Okay, when, when the best player in the game is involved in the most important time of the year. But when the best player is involved at the most important time of the year, he doesn't get calls that he should be getting. So you take effectively a part of his game out of the equation, so that he he's not able to do what he does. Mm-hmm. You, 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 he's impeded all over the ice. He's, no penalties are called against him. What are you really effectively growing when you have Connor McDavid in the playoffs and you change the rules in the playoffs? Like, it doesn't grow your game anymore to have the best player in the world out in four games because the Winnipeg Jets are able to literally hang on him for an entire playoff series and not get a penalty. Well, I don't think, I don't think they did that Come last on. year. I, uh, mean, I, I think Connor Hellebuck uh, was amazing, and... Uh, the the like, three of those games went to overtime. That was a very competitive I, I, I get, series. I get your point about wanting Connor McDavid in the playoffs, but when he when he's effectively unable to do the things that make him Connor McDavid because of how the game is called in the playoffs, what's the point? The point is you've got the best player in the world in the Stanley Cup playoffs, and they have to find a way to, to get above that. He's not the first player in the world that's been challenged but I, I would rather have him give him see him have the chance at doing that than just fall out and, and not be there again yeah I mean the, the way I see it if you're if you want Connor in the playoffs then Ken Holland's got to build a better team he's working on it yeah let me know when they trade for a goalie uh we'll yeah I don't I don't know whether that's necessarily going to happen uh quite honestly i People keep waiting for it. I don't know if you if Mark Andre Fleury isn't going anywhere. I don't know whether there's anybody out there that unless it's a Braden Holpe, mm-hmm. who you're taking a a, a flyer on mm-hmm. uh, that he's going to be it. But then Dallas has to take some somebody back, and then Dallas also has to uh, where they are in the playoffs 
fall out a little bit. I don't know whether Dallas is going to fall out in time that they would trade uh, a Braden Holpe. So the the idea that that there's this uh, goaltender messiah out there for the Edmonton Oilers is is a, a little bit misaligned. Yeah, just give me a league average goalie. Yeah, well, a year ago Mike Smith was a Vesna Trophy caliber goaltender. He was in that conversation mm-hmm. last year. He couldn't score in, in, in the playoffs, although he does have a, a good goal. Oh, by the way, uh, there was a, a big event last night in the American Hockey League involving a goaltender that I'll get you yeah. to in, uh, in one-timers yeah. uh, regarding that. But um, I, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens with Koskinen and, and Mike Smith. Tonight, uh, we expect it to be Robin Leonard against Jeremy Swayman the Boston Bruins against the Vegas goal of the Knights. We'll take a break, come back with one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. But before we do that, we have a couple of tickets to give away to Sunday's game between Vegas and Ottawa. Mm. If you are caller number 19 right now, Jason Spetz's old number uh, with the Ottawa Senators, if you're caller number 19 to 702-876-1340, we will give you two tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights and the Ottawa Senators on Sunday afternoon. One-timers coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Maybe a two-on-one. Petrangelo gets it. He shoots. He scores. It's time for one-timers. One-timers. Short-handed goal. Alex Petrangelo. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day in the VGK Insiders Show. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less Congratulations to Keith for winning the tickets to see the Golden Knights take on the Ottawa Senators on Sunday afternoon. We have one more set of tickets to give away uh, in this program. Abbreviated edition of the VGK Insider Show. Uh, pre-game show starts at 5 o'clock. It's a 6 o'clock face-off tonight between the Golden Knights and the Boston Bruins. Uh, this is going to be a good night here. Original six matchup against the Boston Bruins. Uh, there's a great one happening tonight in Chicago. Edmonton Oilers, the opposition in that one. Mm-hmm. And immediately everybody's going to go, Marc-Andre Fleury uh, auditioning for the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, will, will they be able to uh, woo him at, by the trade deadline, convince him to, to, to accept a trade, etc.? Uh, the real story around Edmonton's visit to Chicago is the return of Duncan Keith, who plays as a visitor at the United Center for the first time in 17 years in the National Hockey League. It's got to be a weird feeling for Duncan Keith, huh? Totally. It's got to be a weird feeling for the fan base, huh? Weird feeling for Taves and Kane and ah. everybody uh, around there. Yeah, that's just, it's just going to be uh, a strange one. So storyline for me is still Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how that game goes for Duncan Keith. Uh, obviously, it'll be an emotional night for everybody. Um, so, you know. Have fun with it, I guess. Flower is the projected starter for uh, Chicago, and Koskinen will go for the Edmonton Oilers. It's been 40 years since the Washington Capitals have lost seven consecutive games in regulation on home ice. Mm-hmm. That was when they were playing at the old Capitol Center in, in Landover, Maryland. But that rink, it was always one of those rinks where you'd see the highlights, and you go, ah, oh, it's Washington. Before, before you even saw the sweaters. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the ice because yep. it was so dark and <laughs> you just you could tell right away the shadows and yeah. the different things uh the old capital center in maryland but uh, if they lose tonight they will have lost seven straight games in regulation on home ice uh ovi's already been off his pace 
uh, even before uh, what's happened uh, with uh, his uh, distraction with the Ukraine and Russian uh, situation and his uh, obviously being brought into it uh, with his ties to, to Putin. But Washington, uh, the, the manager wasn't exactly uh, overwhelmed with uh, confidence about his team yesterday. Uh, he also mentioned that uh, that Obi's feeling uh, sort of heat from both sides for having uh, the avatar on and mm -hmm. and also I, I'm sure from uh, some people uh, in quarters close to uh, the Russian president uh, yep. to, to keep uh, the avatar on there or pressure not to take it off uh, certainly but on a, on a big scale thing the Washington Capitals are going through uh, their first big spoon of this year that's been pretty impressive to date. Sure. Um, it's funny how how much um, Instagram profile pictures can can really impact yeah. professional athletes. I guess at uh, at this level. But hey, what are you going to do? It's got to be Instagram or face, Facebook official, I suppose. Uh, that all being said, I, listen, the the Washington Capitals were kind of due for um, a period of time where things just weren't going to go their way. They they do have a one nothing lead right now over the Hurricanes. Uh, it looks like Evgeny Kuznetsov just opened the scoring and the bird celebration came after that. So if Washington can kind of rattle one off here against a very good team in Carolina, uh, maybe if Ovechkin can find his way onto the score sheet in some capacity, then the Washington Capitals can, can start to stack some wins. I still think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't believe in the Columbus Blue Jackets, so uh, that's where I, I fall on on washington right now and whether or not they'll win or lose tomorrow night the golden knights face the anaheim ducks that organization got a boost san diego gulls uh, took a pair from henderson on the weekend and last night mm -hmm. the anaheim ducks top affiliate san diego beat colorado 5-2 the fifth goal a 200 foot wrister mm -hmm. from a goaltender by the names of uh, Lucas Dostal. Uh, Dostal uh, was great on the weekend uh, against Henderson. It was funny. He made 50 saves in that game last night and then scores a goalie goal, and he ripped it from his butt against the boards and then completely fell down. <laughs> he put everything into it, but it was a rocket of a shot. Yeah. And it becomes the 17th goaltender to score. Uh, I mean, 51 saves and, and a goalie goal and only two goals allowed like that is an all-time stat line right there. So uh, take a bow, Lucas Dostal. Well done. Um, that's I mean, there's nothing else to say. It's just awesome. Uh, James Reimer out week to week. Uh, we saw him in here the other day and was fantastic in the first period. Mm -hmm. uh, and then left, uh, Sachenko came in uh, for, the, for the second and the third period and uh, Reimer's just, he started, that was his 13th straight start yeah. because Aiden Hill has been out of the lineup. And he said it had really nothing to do with that. He felt great going into the game and his body just decided not to work. Bob Buchner had an interesting quote just saying, it, it's, it was probably just fatigue. We, we had to keep running him out there mm -hmm. uh, because he was our, our shot. But that the San Jose Sharks made a corresponding move and uh, acquired Alex Stalock, who uh, was uh, playing in Bakersfield of the American Hockey League. He was part of the Edmonton organization, yeah. more well-known. He's a former Shark, yeah. but also more well-known for uh, the uh, Minnesota Wild. But he his career got sidelined because of uh, uh, myocarditis, myocarditis, the uh, the heart ailment uh, because of COVID. Yeah. Uh, so that uh, that's a situation for uh, 
uh, for him, but he's back playing, uh, back playing this year in the American Hockey League and uh, could end up getting uh, the start the next time out. Yeah, I mean, that's that's actually, I mean, you, you, you kind of applaud that, obviously, right? Like for Alex Daylock, it's, it's a nice uh, opportunity to get back into the NHL, especially when you're dealing with something that's as... as uh, you know, as, as severe as, as myocarditis. So uh, well done to kind of get himself back into a position to do it. Unfortunately, it comes at the expense of uh, James Reimer and Aiden Hill both being injured. But it's an opportunity, and you'll take opportunities at this in this league all day long. Carolina Hurricanes are going to host the Stadium Series game next year. We knew that. They're going to play at the, uh, the Wolfpack Stadium, which is right next door to their rink, which is an awesome setup. Uh, and they now know that they're going to face the Washington Capitals in that stadium series game. It, it, the Carolina Hurricanes become the 28th team in the National Hockey League to play in an outdoor game. Uh, Washington has played in three of them, okay, and they've won all three. So the, the Carolina Hurricanes are going to have to be good. I, I love it when they do the divisional, though, uh, and, and get a little bit of a rivalry going. Yeah. I, I'm not yeah. big on somebody playing the central division against the atlantic or anything like that i want i want to see two teams go head to head and right now you got you got to think the uh, the carolina hurricanes are are in a pretty good spot to uh to make some noise in the stanley cup playoffs you got to think that um i i think carolina is one of those teams where um when expectations were not on them to do well they kind of overachieved and now that the expectations have been on that team the last couple of years to do some damage in the playoffs, they've they've hit some some snafus, they've hit some struggles, uh, but I mean I, I think it's an incredibly deep team. Uh, goaltending with Freddie Anderson has certainly been where you want it to be this year. So um, I, I and I, I love their coach and Rod Brindamore. So I, I think Carolina is poised to do some damage in the playoffs for sure. The Winter Classic is going to be played in in Boston. Uh huh. Here's weird. They haven't set a date for that. Isn't it just always New Year's Day? What What do you mean they haven't set a date? It's New Year's Day. I know, but no date's been set. Yeah, but it has to be New Year's Day. Come on. I know. Like, you, you can't do the Winter Classic on, like, January 3rd. It I doesn't know. work that way. I'm just telling you, on, on the National Hockey League's own website, no I, date announced and no no opponent announced. I think you've, you've got to do some digging there. Find to find out, out who it is. Yeah, find out yeah. what's going on. Confirm just the date. Confirm the date. It's yeah. just... I didn't, I didn't think we had to confirm the date. We shouldn't have to confirm the date. Assumed. It is on January 1st. I assumed. Now, this year, the Winter Classic was at night. which It's, it's, it's usually been yeah. during the day uh, on uh, on New Year's Day. But <laughs> they, they played it uh, at, at night uh, up in Minnesota. And, and it was a was, spectacular uh, setup. But if there was ever a time you wanted to play during the day, it was probably in Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'm, I'm right with you on that. Yeah. Who would you love? Because no opponent has been named for the Boston Bruins who face the Golden Knights tonight. Who would you love to see Boston face in that Winter Classic game? Um, and I'll let you go. I, I, I like rivalries. I like inside the division, but you can go anywhere. I mean, I I, I would probably throw my, my not because I think they're good, but I, just from a rivalry perspective, I'd, I'd probably go Boston and Montreal. Yeah. Uh, I think now that's not going to happen because of U.S. television. Sure, sure, but like that, I I don't really care to see Boston against Philly again, Philly or anything like that. I, I don't want to see Chicago. I, 
I, I don't know that, you, like you, you, from a from like a, a, a game perspective, Tampa or Florida would be nice because those are really good hockey teams. Um, but if it if it's not Montreal or Toronto, I, I don't really care that much. And Toronto because of how painful it's been for the Toronto Maple Leafs to have to play Boston in the playoffs every year. No. Carolina would be a good one, but they're already hosting the stadium series, and they're yeah. not going to play back-to-back no, outdoor games because Carolina could roll in there with the old Hartford sweaters. Yeah, you know what? And, and, you and know be, what? Be that I, old flashback I, regional game. I've I've got one. I'll go Boston Rangers, just because I want to see Igor Shesterkin in an outdoor in an outdoor game. Mm. See what he'll do. He'll, he'll he'll have a shutout and he'll score three goals or something. It'd be great. If you're a team like Boston, would you acquire Zdeno Chara? At the trade deadline? Um, no. No, I, I wouldn't. I, I, I would. I, there's, there's, some, mm, there's some noise around that right now. I, I wouldn't. I, I, think that, I think that I like Boston's mobility on the back end. And if you bring Zidane Chara back, you're bringing him in and you have to play him because you're not bringing him back to sit on the bench. And I just I think that that limits some of the mobility that they have right now on the back end. I, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. They need to get a little deeper there uh, on that side. Uh, those are your one-timers uh, for this Thursday, March. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have tickets to give away. One more set of tickets to see the Vegas Golden Knights take on the Ottawa Senators on Sunday afternoon. I'll give you the opportunity to name the number for the lucky caller that's going to win these tickets. I'll go caller number 11. Caller number 11, Daniel Alfredson uh, from the uh, Ottawa Senator days. 702-876-1340, 702-876-1340. Call now. You will go to the game on Sunday or at least win the tickets and uh, distribute them uh, as you please if you're caller number 11. Uh, Catching up with Chapman next as we continue in the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. When the guy wouldn't stop talking, we had no choice but to give him his own segment. It's time for Catching Up with Chapman. Oh, Christopher. Hi, Darren. So yesterday we we talked a little bit about how the Russian invasion of Ukraine has affected Russian teams and athletes and FIFA with suspensions and the F1 today axing their entire contract with the Russian Grand Prix. But one of the aspects that I don't think anybody has really talked about is the Ukrainian national soccer team, they are scheduled to play Scotland in a World Cup qualifier. They're also in the playoff, and uh, this game is supposed to take place in Glasgow in just a few weeks, and then the winner of that will play either Wales or Austria with an opportunity to play in the World Cup. However, the Ukrainian Federation, for obvious reasons, has requested a postponement of that game. 18, I'm sorry, 15 members of their 23-man squad that played in their last qualifier against Bosnia last last year are still in the Ukraine. They play in their domestic league, and um, obviously the league has been suspended. So there are some other sporting aspects of this, and hopefully, uh, you know, obviously we, we, we want to see a, a good solution to, to this, but... Uh, the Ukrainian athletes obviously are also being affected by, and I saw. Well, I think they got some other things to yes, worry about yes, than, than uh, qualifying for a World Cup. Uh, obviously, but you know, this is a sports show, and and we're talking about the sporting aspect of it. And I saw a picture last night. But wouldn't you be surprised if they did play it? No, I I, I don't think they will play it. I yeah, would that's be, what I mean. Like yeah. it's, 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 I think it's a moot story. Well, I mean, it, it 
it, like I said, this is a sports show, and, and we, we like to stick to sports, and that's the sporting aspect of it. But uh, I saw a picture last night. The lone Ukrainian athlete to win a medal at the Beijing Olympics was in aerials, and the guy who finished ahead of him was actually a Russian athlete, and there was a really nice picture of the two of them hugging each other in Beijing. So I thought that was a, a really nice photo that I saw last night. But, uh, you know, obviously... Uh, you know, we're, we're all hoping for a quick end to what's going on over there. Yes, and uh, as peaceful as possible. But uh, today was not a good, another good day uh, in that regard as uh, the conflict uh, continues and has been ratcheted up in, in several instances. That The Boston Bruins against the Vegas Golden Knights tonight at T-Mobile Arena. It's a 6 o'clock start. That can't be reiterated enough. That means uh, there's only one hour of the BGK Insider Show. The pregame show is coming up next on Fox Sports Las Vegas as uh, the Golden Knights will try to put uh, a couple of wins together and uh, take down uh, the original six team in the Boston Bruins for the second time this year and sweep the season series. Uh, there's a lot uh, on the line, and I'll go back to it. Uh, a loss just continues uh, the Golden Knights finding their way. A victory tonight with the potential to catapult this team into uh, their swagger status and really start something as they get into this final third of the uh, regular season. Uh, looking forward to it. I'll be back with uh, Ryan on the pregame show, and then it's Dan Duba and Gary Lawless with the call of this one at 6 o'clock on Fox Sports Las Vegas from T-Mobile Arena, the Vegas Golden Knights.